Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantera Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. A hole in one, not big. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Good morning. It is the Tee to Green Golf Show every Saturday here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Brian Colsey along with Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Thanks for joining us here for your best spot for local golf talk here in Western New York. Coming up here on the show, we've got live golf coming next week. The PGA Tour is back, the Charles Schwab Challenge. We'll preview what next week's tournament is going to look like at Colonial. That coming up in our check of the PGA Tour leaderboard. Ryder Cup report. Steve Stricker has some comments this week. The American captain will get his thoughts. We've got our tip of the week. Also, our Champions Tour report. Lots to get to here along the way as we roll on here over the course of the next hour. We appreciate you being with us. Before we get into golf talk, though, obviously this week the events that have gone on in our country still on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. And we want to share how maybe some of the big names in the golf community have reacted to this. And when we talk about big names, we're going to start right with the most influential player in all of golf and one of the most influential people in the world, Tiger Woods. Uh, He made a comment this week uh, in the surrounding comments about or the surrounding things that have gone on with the protests and the riots and things that have gone on around the country uh, for George Floyd's murder. And uh, I want to read Tiger's tweet right now that he put out earlier this week. This is from Tiger Woods. Quote, my heart goes out to George Floyd his loved ones, and all of us who are hurting right now. I have always had the utmost respect for our law enforcement. They train so diligently and to understand how, when, and where to use force. This shocking tragedy clearly crossed that line. I can remember the LA riots and learn that education is the best path forward. We can make our points without burning the very neighborhoods that we live in. I hope that through constructive, honest conversations, we can build a safer, unified society. That was from Tiger Kevin. And I thought it was very well said. I agree with everything Tiger uh, put out in that statement there. And frankly, how could you not uh, agree with that? And I did, I chose this week to listen and educate myself. And I'm going to choose to continue to do so. 
so I can learn more about the issues affecting uh, people of color in our country and what they have to deal with. So um, I'm going to choose to listen and educate myself more, and I don't think I should say any more um, in that vein. Harold, yeah. Barr. oh, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, you know what comes to my mind immediately is there's an old saying, walk a mile in my shoes. And, um, and I think you're right, Kev. This is a good time to listen and maybe walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and then uh, and go from there. Um, that, that's all I can think of right now because I'm not the smartest guy in the world and, and I don't know how to solve these problems. But I know if I listen and if I have empathy that maybe I can make a little difference somewhere. Harold Varner the uh, also, by the way, if you don't know, African-American player, uh, made some comments this week and, and had some very, very strong and poignant words, emotional too. Uh, I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of what he said. Um, he said that he's received more messages than ever before from people that want him to speak up because of who I am. He says, I am black. But he goes, that's not helpful to anyone when impulsive, passionate reaction takes place over clear-minded thought. So he says he wanted to take time this week, called what happened to George Floyd evil. But he said, look, there's things in life that all of us have had to come overcome. He said, some of us in the African-American community have had privilege. A lot of us have not. He said, I grew up in North Carolina. He said, I had nothing, no nice clothes. I didn't have lights in my house sometimes. I didn't even know if I had enough money to buy lunch in high school. I didn't get my first pair of jeans till he was in college. He said, but there were people who pushed me to succeed. Some of them were white, some of them were black. And he said, when you're in the golf community, which is predominantly not black, he said, there's other hurdles to overcome. But he said, look at white guys aren't all racist. Black guys aren't all bad either. He says, I would just con consider myself to be very lucky. He goes, I'm not trying to be insensitive to what's going on right now. But he goes, I know people are looking for me to stand up and say some things. And he goes, I'm going to continue to listen and try to do the right thing. So I thought Harold Varner, and again, he went on and said a lot of things here. I, I, I don't want to read the whole thing, but uh, Kevin, he's one of the guys on tour that I think does set a good example for everybody. Well, it, it's cliche to say, well, first of all, wow, uh, in his statement. I mean, imagine everybody out there listening right now that um, not having your first pair of jeans till college, not having lights on in your house, not having lunch money. Um, wow. Um, that's a lot to overcome right there. Um, now, I, I'll, I'll say Harold Varner, and it's cliche to say, he is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He's just, I think him as a kid, uh, he's a man, obviously, but he's in his 20s. He's a, he is a great kid. He still cuts his parents' lawn. Uh, he'll go back and cut his parents' grass, uh, which is a really cool deal. Um, last August at Liberty National, first playoff event, Harold uh, was in contention to win on Saturday. Didn't win, but finished top, I think he was top 10. And that vaulted him uh, to the next playoff event in Chicago. And I was doing interviews right off the 18th green with players who were coming off on Sunday. And he was one of the, one of the stories of the week, uh, Harold Varner. So I inter I'm interviewing him. I'm like, Harold, congratulations. You, you played great. You're going on to Chicago. And he said, Yes, I'm so excited because I've never been to Chicago. That's where Michael Jordan played basketball. I'm a Michael jo a Jordan brand rep, and he was thrilled to be going to Chicago. I, I, it was one of the coolest interviews I've done because it, was, it wasn't just about advancing in the sport. It was about getting to go experience uh, a trip to another part of our country, 
and his enthusiasm is infectious. And he's a player that everybody listening should be rooting for. And he's going to win at some point in the PGA Tour. He's just too good of a ball striker. I agree. Hey, Jeff, before we, uh, we move on to other things here, um, I know people with golf might say, oh, geez, golf, you know, what are they doing to help? I, the, there's a lot of things in the golf industry that I feel like in terms of us accepting diversity, getting the African community involved in golf. Uh, I know that you guys are really proud for all the PGA pros of some of the things that you guys have done. And I, I'm sure that you all are willing that more can be done too at the same time. You know, the PGA has been aware of this for a while. There's been some initiatives for the last 10 or 12 years. Um, our, co our composition isn't as diverse as we'd like it to be. So there's been a million things. And the great thing about golf is it's so democratic. I mean, the game of golf, the sport. If you should score and you beat me, it doesn't matter whose coach you're, well, where did you come from, any of that. If you're better than me, you win. And that's, that's what I like to think about golf. And I know we've done some things. We always push into the inner city, and we always try to do things to get some more diversity into the game. And it, it, there are some barriers there, and we're working to break them down. And I think over time, a lot of these things, the perceptions are changing, and it is growing in golf. So hopefully we can do a small part to make it better. I, you know, I don't think we've even done very much yet, but we're trying. And, um, you know, and this is an opportunity for us to listen and learn and see, hey, maybe there's a better way for us to bring more people into this great game. Yep, well said. I think, you know, we all commit to try to do something better. Uh, you know, if everyone in the world commits to doing something better. I think, obviously, we're, we're heading into the right direction. This is not just some sort of phase that'll just go away. Brian Colesiel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis here on Tee to Green. Thanks for joining us here. Tee to Green presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedge is inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Okay, as we can, we will segue now into some other topics here, uh, including our PGA Tour leaderboard. Let's get to that here now. And it's brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different, and also by Puma Golf Shoes. The PGA Tour is going to have, Kevin, a live event next week at Colonial, the Charles Schwab Challenge. The top five in the world are all playing. Rory is in. Rahm is in. Kepka is in. Justin Thomas is in. Dustin Johnson is in. Eight of the top 10 at this moment are in this tournament. Uh, according to the strength of the field by world ranking, it will be the strongest field this year. Now, we know, obviously, there hasn't been a ton of events, but still impressive. There's been some good events. Uh, we know, you know, through the California swing and some of the events before play was suspended, but uh, there's going to be a ton of big names playing next Thursday uh, when the PGA Tour gets back going. Well, and all eyes are going to be on the PGA Tour in – how they restart um, their league, if you will, uh, with, with other sports looking at it. How are they going to do it? They are going to test. Uh, their protocols we put in place. Uh, they, there's already been the talk about how they're going to charter planes, travel, of all those things. So uh, the sports will be looking at the PGA Tour to see how they're uh, going to do it. The fact that the top five in the world are going to play, it tells me the players are comfortable with the plan the PGA Tour has in place, and they're anxious to get back and, and show the world, yes, we, we can compete, we can do it. Um, how, how, where do I, with medical protocols, sanitary protocols uh, in place. And it's one of the great venues. Colonial Country Club is an awesome, awesome place uh, to, to watch golf. Um, although there will be no fans there. That'll be interesting uh, to see without the fans there in that big of a field. Um, but I still think they're going to have uh, some volunteers and marshals in place. 
uh, for the event. Um, so I, I'm obviously I'm looking forward to it. I think we're all looking forward to seeing professional golf back. Yeah, can you imagine what the ratings are going to be? Um, they were good for that other the show with Tiger and Phil. Um, this will be even better. This I don't know if it'll even be better, but this will be good. A little sense of normalcy coming back to to a lot of us to, to even be able to watch golf on the weekends. You know, was something a lot of people really enjoyed, and I'm glad and. Hopefully they set an example. You know, there's now they're leaders, so now they got to set an example for for the rest of the golf world and the rest of the world. And I think they'll do a fine job. I'm looking forward to just watching golf, and instead of watching memes on Twitter, maybe we can watch some golf stuff on Twitter. It'd be a lot more fun. I've enjoyed watching some replays of some old sporting events, but I'm definitely ready to watch some live action here. And I mean, the fact that Kevin, you mentioned it in your statement there, the fact that the top five are all playing. I mean, I, we were debating weeks ago, hey, when the tour returns, would we see, you know, the guys that are maybe fighting for their cards say, hey, this is my chance. I got to jump right in Would the guys that aren't necessarily as worried about that. Maybe they're going to sit back and see how it all plays out. I mean, geez, the biggest names. I know Tiger's not playing, but I mean, other than that, you've got almost every single big name that you think about. Mickelson's playing as well. I mean, this is this is going to be a marquee event. And I think for those that were thinking, you know, do players want to compete? Do player in any of these sports? We hear NHL, NBA, all these plans coming back of do the players really want to compete? I mean, this sends a message right now. I think that yes, for the majority, these players do want to compete if they can make it work and they can if they can feel safe, Kevin. I think ultimately, then they're all in. Well, yeah, I, I think that. Um, I mean. Depends on what you believe every day uh, with COVID nineteen, right? Um, you know what what is fact, what is not? Mask, no mask, right? I mean, uh, you know, do we stay inside? Do we not stay inside? Um, all these things. You know, let's just let's look at it from the the golf aspect of it and the PGA Tour aspect of it for the players. They need to gain FedEx Cup points for the playoffs, right? I mean, it's it's a sprint now to August um, August twentieth when the uh, Northern Trust starts at, at TPC Boston, the first playoff event. And not a lot of time between now and then uh, to gain those points. So uh, players are, are going to play as much as they can to earn FedEx, FedEx Cup points. Yeah, they've all been playing at home and hitting balls in the nets or into simulators and stuff like that. But you know, now it's real. Now it's real live action. You know, I used to love to play uh, the U.S. Open qualifier in the spring because it was 36 holes of tournament play. So you kind of got your competitive juices going. And I think a lot of them. Yeah, we had that conversation. Will they be ready? Yeah, they're definitely ready. They want to get back into the into the game, into the grind. You know, into the routine of playing um, and, and make. You know, they, you're right. The FedEx Cup is coming. The season's going to be a little bit shorter, so you got to make hay while the sun shines now and. Uh, and get in as many events as you can and, and see if you can find your game again. Speaking of players that are playing, we mentioned Mickelson. By the way, this will be the last event that he officially will be under 50 for. The next event that he competes in at some point during that, he'll turn 50. Um, and that will make him eligible uh, for the PGA Tour Champions Tour. And by the way, good segue here to our PGA Champions Tour report brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing. Uh, right here on Tita Green. Uh, the PGA champions won't get back going until mid-July, but Mickelson now is eligible. Uh, after this event, Kevin, I don't think we'll be seeing him playing any events this year, though, right? Yeah, I, 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 
I, I don't I don't even know if Phil's nope. going to play in the majors. Um, the senior maybe maybe I don't know I, I Phil Phil is still uh, capable of competing on the PGA Tour and winning on the PGA Tour, and I think that's where he'll uh, play the most most of his golf for a while. Geez, I'd have to think he'd want to play in the majors. Maybe you know, it'd still be fun to win a USGA major, you know, and have that on your on your resume. I I understand you're still in tour mode, you know, because you can still hit it out there with those guys. You're competing, you're playing well. Um, it might be fun to go play the senior tour. He might just dominate, and you know, winning can be fun. Um, and the courses are set up a little shorter, you know. So he, uh, I don't know. It might be. Uh, I'd be surprised if he didn't at least dip his toe in the waters this year and play in some of the senior majors. Boy, I, I listen. I, I I can certainly see the events wanting Phil there, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the buzz oh, yeah, sure. yeah. that'll bring that Phil Mickelson at uh, at those events. Um, but look, look this way: if he if he plays in them and doesn't win, hmm, right? I mean, there's some pressure That's, on him. Like he'd be expected to win every event. See, I would almost disagree. I, I mean, I, he'd be expected by most people, but there's some really good golf being played out there. Those guys are good too. And just because they're 51 or whatever doesn't mean they stink. And, uh, you know, they're, they're competing and playing every week just like the rest of them. You know, if he doesn't have his A game, he's not going to win on the senior tour. I mean, if he plays very well, he can win, but he should win. But I don't think he's necessarily going to just win every event he plays in. I don't, I don't, see, him, I, I don't see him playing this year. For sure. All right. We'll, make a, we'll have a side bet on it, Kevin. Sure. I, right. I'm, on Kevin's side of, I'm on Kevin's side on this one. I, I don't think he'll play in any Champions Tour events this year or even any of the major, any of the senior majors. I don't, I don't, he still thinks he can win on the PGA Tour. He knows that's where really you're judged by. And I think he knows that's always there for him. So I think as long as he's, I mean, look, you know, look how far he's hitting it. I, it's not like he's thinking, why would you go from one tour to the other? Well, I don't hit it as far as these other guys. These courses are too hard for me. That's not the reason Phil's not winning or losing. I mean, some of the things that are happening with Phil's game of why he doesn't win or lose is the same thing. It's been his whole career. It's been consistency. We know he can hit every shot as good as any golfer that there ever was. We, we know he has that talent. He just has to put it together over four days. Now on the senior tour, maybe he's thinking, "Oh, I'll have to do over three days." But the majors are four days anyway. I think on the senior tour, so they are, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't see him playing in it right away because I think he wants to continue the fact that he feels like he can play with even all the young bucks out there. No doubt about that. Uh, one more Champions Tour thing to talk about before we go to break here, and that's VJ Singh. Uh, he had been getting some criticism about signing up to play in a Corn Ferry event at. Uh, Dyes Valley at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, he decided to withdraw uh, after he had initially wanted to get in there. Uh, the event's purse, a little bigger than normally on the Corn Ferry Tour at Sawgrass, $600,000. Uh, but a lot of these players, of course, are playing week to week. Some of them are trying to not only make the PGA Tour and get their card, but some of them Kevin, we know, we've heard many stories. Some of these guys can't even afford to pay their rent. They're living in their cars. They're going from event to event. And VJ uh, got a lot of criticism. Um, one Corn Ferry, uh, Corn Ferry player, I'm not going to read the tr some of the words because I don't think they're very nice, but it says, hey, VJ, you are a true piece of trash, except if you are looking to sick money in a Corn Ferry event, and I'll say it right to your face. 
you know how much those points and money could do for a young kid? Uh, went on to say some other things that I don't really think is appropriate, so I'm not going to finish it, but it wasn't kind. And uh, some players jumped on that idea that VJ shouldn't have been playing. What do you think? Um, boy, you know, listen, uh, there, there's a mechanism in place where uh, I think if you win twice in the PGA Tour, you get some status where you can play in the web.com tour or um, Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, that it is now. So, for example, um, Dudley Hart played at Peak and Peak. And did anybody criticize Dudley Hart for playing at Peak and Peak? No. Thought it was great that he's playing at Peak and Peak. A lot of players think, ah, oh, it's great. We get to compete against guys that, uh, you know, have won on the PGA Tour. Um, it, it's there for them uh, to use. And so he's not doing anything that he didn't earn the right to do. Uh, the, the answer is play better for the younger players. And if I rip VJ Singh for that, I'd be a hypocrite, Brian, because you know what? In recent years, I, I've done a high school hockey game. Like, wh why? Because I, I was asked and wanted to. I had the opportunity to do so because I could. Um, was I taking away the opportunity from a younger broadcaster? Probably. So for me to criticize BJ Singh, I feel like I'd be a hypocrite because um, I've done games on a quote unquote lower level. Um, I think it's harder to win on the Corn Ferry Tour probably than the PGA Tour for a guy like BJ Singh. And I, um, you know, I think he certainly earned that right, but I think there's a time and place for it also. And maybe the first week back after everything's been shut down and, and the rules have changed for those guys to try to qualify for the tour and all, you know, all the things going on, it probably was just a, a bad week for him to go down. I think if he was going down in the middle of the summer for a week, um, you know, with the regular tour schedule, it wouldn't have been much of a blip. But I think with everything going on right now, it, it raised people's ires because everybody's a little nervous. Everybody's got a lot of pressure on themselves. And, uh, and you know, and he, like you said, he did take an opportunity away from a young player who's not as financially secure as DJ Singh is. Well, I, what I, what I also think, because of COVID and because there, you know, he, he said he's going to play when there wasn't a PGA tour schedule or champions tour schedule. It was the only competition available for him uh, to do so. Um, listen, there are PGA tour pros that are playing on the mini tour in Arizona. Um, Alex Chaka won. And, you know, did he get ripped for it? Like, Oh no, he won. He should win. Um, he was taking away prize money from mini tour players. So, I, I just think that, you know, he wanted – I think he did it. He didn't do it to make – he didn't put himself in there because he wanted to make money. He wanted the competition to keep the reps up. That's what I believe. Well, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is something I hate admitting to, but I think you're both right. I think, Kevin, if he, he's earned the right to do it, and, Jeff, I think the way it played off at the timing of it looked bad. But he has the right to do it. He's earned that right through what he's done because there – now – if there was a Champions Tour event the same week as the Corn Ferry event, you know, I, I feel like there has to be maybe, you know, if there's something special like, hey, like for Dudley, it's in his hometown, in his home area. I wanted to go play in that event. It adds a little spice to the event. By, by me coming to the event, I'm helping the local, the event, you know, kind of get some more flare up. I think that's an okay thing. Uh, but he had no other choices. So he's like, you know, I want to play. This is an outlet for me. I'm going to go do it. Uh, but I would agree with what Jeff said because of the scenario we're in right now, there is no other events. 
guys are talking about the fact that, you know, can they even financially afford to even try to be a professional golfer anymore? The fact that he came in here, I can understand why some of these younger golfers might be upset. You know, and to that point, one where I thought is, you know, Dudley Hart is a great player and he would come and play in our section events once in a while. And if Dudley won, he would never accept the prize money. So he knew he was coming down in class to play against PGA professionals. And he won. He won big checks, you know, the Children's Hospital Pro-Am and some of the bigger checks. And he just don't, he would, he would disqualify himself on the last hole by picking up his golf ball or whatever. So he wouldn't accept prize money and that money would trickle down to the rest of the golf pros. So, you know, in VJ's case, if that's the etiquette, I guess, or the, you know, the expected behavior, if you're going to do that. So, so maybe VJ goes and plays for the competition and then just disqualify, you know, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it, I guess. Okay. Good debate there on VJ. Uh, we'll take a timeout here on T to green. When we come back, we'll get in our Western New York PGA tip of the week. Also, the Ryder Cup report. Steve Stricker, the USA captain, uh, had some more comments we've been debating for the last few weeks about fans or no fans, should the event be played or not. Uh, so we'll have that all coming up as we roll on here on Tee to Green with PGA Pro Jeff Medes, Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for joining us. More Tee to Green coming up right after this. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs. Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tea to Green coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Our second segment here on T to Green. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis. Thanks for being with us here on WGR. The PGA Tour returns next week. We talked about it a lot last segment, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Next week, we'll be talking about the golf we've been seeing. We're looking forward to that. Uh, an event, though, that has been back and forth in terms of our discussion uh, over the course of the last few, I guess, almost months, uh, has been the Ryder Cup. And uh, we want to go there now with our Ryder Cup report. Brought to you by New Era Cap, the official cap of Team USA. Uh, Steve Stricker, the USA captain this week, talking about the event. We've heard from Rory McIlroy quite a few times. We've heard from Patrick Harrington, the European captain, quite a few times. But uh, now Steve Stricker chiming in, asking about the event and whether or not he thinks that it should be played. And he said, fans not in attendance would make the Ryder Cup, quote, a yawner. That doesn't sound like what the PGA of America, Jeff, wants the United States captain to be saying about one of its premier events. Now you've got the United States captain and Europe's top player kind of jumping in on the same side of this. And I've, I've 
I felt both ways. You know, I felt Kevin had said earlier, you know, we owe it to golf to get out there and play with everything that's going on. And I've also felt that the Ryder Cup isn't the Ryder Cup without the chanting and the screaming and the crowds and, and all the tension that that creates. That's not artificial tension. That's real tension when everybody's screaming at you. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see now. That'll, that'll definitely move the meter for the, uh, the headquarters at PGA on, on this decision. They're definitely going to have to address it now. I know they have it planned and they're ready to go, but they're going to have to have another meeting after their captain came out and said that he had a good point, though, for the fans of Minnesota. Or is it Minnesota? I'm sorry, Wisconsin. Where Wisconsin. 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 I'm sorry. It's in Wisconsin. He's Wisconsin. from that area. Whistling Straits. Yeah. Whistling Straits. He, he, you know, that's they get ripped off. You know, they, this is the greatest golf event there is is coming to their hometown and now they can't go and i understand that point of it too there's a lot of variables coming into this decision and um a lot of our business decisions too so it's it's a tough one to make yeah i i think a lot of it has to do with um being from wisconsin you know getting that event there being the captain uh of wisconsin uh you know i'm sure he's when that happened, he, he, he dreams – he's probably still having a dream of winning in his home state as the captain and all uh, the fans from Wisconsin and across the country, frankly, going crazy there at Whistling Straits and to not have him there. Yeah, it, it, it would be different for sure. Um, we'll have to wait and see what – you know, you got to think, it, all right, when's the decision have to be made, whether or not they're going to play it – if they're going to play it without fans – or wait to have it with fans. I don't know. What do we think? August? August 1st? You know, and, and the weather is a complicating fact. I mean, if you're on the fence, November up there is, is – Well, the there's no hole in the schedule. It's either happening where it is yep. or it's not. True. Yeah. There's no hole in the schedule anymore. So You know, and, and a lot has changed, too. Our perception of what's going on and golf is starting to open up and the country's starting – so people's perceptions from three or four weeks ago, you know, what it would be like in, our, in the fall and, you know, in five weeks from now, what it will be like will be vastly different. And, um, and that'll probably, but I would say August. Yeah. You got to give them two months notice. I would imagine there's contracts. There's a million things that need to be, uh, need to be taken care of. We've seen different sports talk about sports coming back with fans in a limited capacity. We know the NFL and college football, you know, some of these stadiums are 80,000, 90,000, a hundred thousand and saying, well, you know, we can bring them back and have 30,000 in the seats or things like that. You know, whatever the Ryder cup, we, we know they get tens of thousands every day at the event. Uh, could we see something where maybe come fall with depending upon how the country's going with COVID? Could we see a smaller crowd, Kevin, just to create that atmosphere that they're looking for? Maybe sure. that's something that ends up playing out that way. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly could do that. You could um, not have grandstands, you know, um, although everybody's going everybody's gonna to be standing next to one another anyways, watching the whole. So, yeah, I, 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 don't know, I don't know how you're going to do that, but, yeah, there's certainly a way. Speaking of which, Brian, fans, the Masters ticket app application for 2021 is open. That's so, right. It opened it up June, June 1st. It opened up. Yeah. I, I think you've got – through the 21st maybe to do it i know you got a few weeks to do it but get in there for the lottery and if you win and can't go i'll be happy to take your tickets <laughs> so nice kevin. you're always giving kevin right well you can't let them go to waste <laughs> i <right>? know <laughs> <laughs> all right i want to talk about a golf.com article i read this week about when we should chip and when we should putt the article says why you should put 
a putt from off the green more often than not. Um, more courses, Jeff, I want to I go with you here first before we actually get into the article. More courses are starting to, when they're doing renovations, taking away less of that thick greenside rough and making more runoff areas. And, and maybe you can describe it better than I am here um, in terms of what courses are planning to do with some of their renovations. But the option of chipping versus putting is going to, I think, even come more into play here over the, maybe the next decade or two. Uh, so before we get into that, can you just talk about even just kind of that trend in what courses are doing with around the greens? Yeah, you're seeing a lot more green surrounds having more shortly mown grass, frog hair, or fairway length grass. And what it does is it provides uh, players options. You know, when you're in the rough, you don't have a lot of options. And it makes it a little more difficult sometimes. It definitely makes it more difficult, especially in the spring with the rough. But it gives players more options. You hit the low bump and run, you can hit a high, you can putt it. And, and, and it seems to be a, a more fun way to play. And with all, you know, if you look at a green, and the green compound there, all the rolls and the humps and this and that, instead of just having a rough around it, if you have grass, you have more fun shots. You know, you got to roll it over that mound. If you're in the rough, you just pitch it over the mound. So I think it gives people's options. It's a lot more fun to play that way, and you see a lot of architects going in that direction. Yeah, I know. I know at Lancaster Country Club, they are um, mowing it, uh, you know, frog hair style, if you will, around the greens. Um, for those options and uh, that roll off, and it's going to make things interesting uh, come later this summer. How firm and fast the golf course uh, is going to play, and I, I like the look of it. I like the options of it, um, Jeff. But there's this old adage uh, that I heard: if you want to make it, chip it; if you want to get it close, putt it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um... You know, when you're putting off the edge of the green, you know, it's your, your mistake is closer to the hole, typically. And if you're chipping, you can control that first six, eight, ten feet a little bit better. And if you hit a good chip, you can control the roll a little better, better. You probably have a better chance of making it. If I got a 20-footer and half of it's through, uh, you know, frog hair, it's going to bounce and jiggle. So it's going to be less likely to stay on line, but its speed should be good. If I chip it, I can get it right on the green, get it on the line I want to try to make it. Well, I think what you're saying here – there, there was four points made in the article, and I think you just addressed one of them. It, the first one says, a bad putt is generally better than a bad chip. And I would say, especially for, for higher handicap players, Jeff, this is probably definitely right. That because right. a bad chip for them, the ball might only go a few inches. They might just totally hit the ground and it doesn't go anywhere. Right. Whereas a putt, obviously, at least the ball is going to travel some distance. Yeah, that's why we teach the beginners to chip with like a seven iron just to get the ball in the air a little bit and use a putting stroke. The one thing you remember is if, if you use a flatter face club like a seven iron, you'll hit it a little straighter, but your distance control is a little tougher. And the more loft you use, the more your distance control is easier, but you'll hit it a little more left and right, if that makes sense. But those are kind of the factors, yeah, I think architects are thinking about when they're buildings around the greens and players should think about how. You know, am I trying to make par here? Is it important for me to make par? Am I in a situation or do I need to chip this in? Or, you know, there's a lot of variables, and that's what makes it fun when it's like that. The second point says, if you're chipping, you better have a reason that you're chipping. Is it because the lie's sticky? Is there rough between you and the hole? Uh, wood, is, is the ground too sketchy for the ball to roll on? Are you bringing tricky slopes into play? Are you playing against the grain? It says, if you're answering yes to any of those questions, then maybe chipping's the better idea. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better. Those are all, that's everything you're thinking of when you're over that ball, when you're trying to get it close to the hole, all those yeah. variables. You know, the, the great thing about chipping and Jeff, you mentioned it there with the, uh, Brian, I'm sorry if there's more points to the article, but I just want to jump in here. 
Sure. Uh, you can chip with a seven iron, you can chip with a 60 degree wedge and every club in between. Uh, you can do it with a hybrid if you want. There's so many ways and techniques um, and situations and grass types um, to chip the golf ball. That's, I, I think it is one of the greatest parts of our game. Um, and there's no, no better feeling than chipping one in. <laughs> it's just, just, well, maybe a hole in one. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> but chipping in is one of the greatest things you can do on the golf course. Or the cool up and down. No one ever thinks you're going to get this up and down from here. And yeah, and you find a way. That's, I take pride. Yeah, we always talk about grinding it out through the last hole to shoot the best score you can. You're, you're proud of those up and downs at the end of the round sometimes. Uh, third point of the four says that one common refrain why golfers prefer to chip instead of putting from off the green is that they're not used to it. They said it's a skill. Um, hitting practice putts from the fairway. Uh, putt even on the, he said, putt, one thing you can do this is putt in the tee boxes while you're waiting for the group ahead. Usually this is a similar surface. It kind of gets your brain used to that different speed. So uh, that's is that something Dean practicing though on the golf course. Can you, you can't do that during a tournament or a match. Can you Jeff? Not during the round. Yeah. yeah. You gotta be careful at that. But, um, but I agree. Most people aren't, they're not used to taking that long of a stroke with their putter. So they feel like they lose the face and putters tend to be face balanced. So they'll feel a little weird when you get a real long stroke on them. So you do need to practice. That's like how many people are good at 60, 70 foot putts. Not many because you don't practice and you don't get to have that stroke. Same idea with putting from off the fairway. And the last point, uh, they, they quoted Rory McIlroy in this article quite a bit. It was McIlroy was making the point that he said for amateurs, it's better for them to putt. Uh, but at the very least, he said after, after they asked some other pros in this, they said usually the simplest solution is always the better choice. They said uh, if chipping simplifies the shot, then they think that's the better play. They said if putting it, if there's not too many variables involved, then maybe putting is the play. The, the way I looked at it, it's, I guess it would be similar, is if I'm standing there and I'm going to toss the ball at that flag and try to, with my hands, roll it up or pitch it up as close as I can, how would I do it? Would I be throwing it way high in the air or would I be rolling it like a bowling ball? Same idea. Keep it simpler. Get it on the ground sooner is usually the best way to do it. I'll, I'll, final thing I'll add, Brian, be wary of the golfer in the casual round who chips everything, but in a tournament, putts it all. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little sand in that golf bag. That's sounding from experience coming there, right? You've uh, well, witnessed that. <laughs> think about uh, you, know, you, you play a golf course all the time, uh, your club, and there's a risk-reward hole. And if you know a, a player every time goes for it, but when it comes to the club championship, he's laying up. What does that tell you? He's, he's a thinking man's golfer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Very kind, Jeff. Very kind. <laughs> All right. We'll take a break here. More T to Green when we return. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, Derek Kramer. Thanks for producing today. Back with more T to Green right after this on WGR. You're listening to T to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more T to Green coming up. We're back on TD Green. Kevin Sylvester, Brian Cozy, old PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Want to thank our friends at Scroy Financial 
For their support, the locally family-owned financial planning firm. They've been helping Western New Yorkers achieve their financial goals since 1971. Those goals may have shifted for uh, those of you out there listening right now, and you might want some help. Give our friends at Scroy Financial a call. They're going to put your interests first. That's their pledge. They always do that. Uh, their number, 674-6700. That's a complimentary one-hour consultation. You can do it remotely now with great technology. Go to their website, scroyfinancial.com. That's S-G-R-O-I financial.com. Also want to thank our friends at the Jumpa Agency, Allstate Insurance Agents with offices in Clarence and Williamsville. Back here on our final segment of Tita Green, presented by the Western New York PGA, Woods to Wedges, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara, Briarwood, and Lancaster Country Club. Brian Colsey, along with Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Medes. We're going to finish up here with our tip of the week. It's brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. If you want to get any information about what's happening locally, uh, some ways to get your son or daughter involved just to get started with golf, uh, a lot of great information on the Western New York PGA's website, wnypga.com. Uh, but match play is our topic this week. Kevin, you want to kind of set it up for Jeff here? And we'll get his thoughts on it. Well, yes, because later today I am uh, competing in it's – a, it's a gross match. I don't mean we're going to look gross. I mean, it's just there's no strokes given and handicap. It's just head up, um, gross play. And I think I'm going in um, – I think I'm overmatched. Um, it, it, so – how do how do I play match play when I believe I'm overmatched, or do I just play it the same way? You know, Kev. Uh, first of all, that's a defeatist attitude, so we don't want that. <laughs> but if they're <laughs> you're going to win, wow! No, I'm not. I'm going to stink. But um, I think the best chance you have is in match play, first and foremost, and that's what that was. That's what makes match play fun. And you talked earlier in the show. You know, there's that guy who. Uh, how do you go in and, and compete against a guy that's better than you in match play, maybe? Well, you, you might be teeing it up second a lot, and I think you want to start putting pressure on him, and you want to make that match go as long as you can. So you want to stay in it early as much as possible. Um, I might be a little more conservative early in the round. Remember you said there's that guy every time in the league he drives it, but when it's the club championship he lays up? Well, maybe you're that layup guy this time. And, and try to get more fairways and greens. You know, if you're going first uh, – Try to hit the fairway, even if it's with a shorter club. Try to hit the center of the green. You know, try to get your two putt pars. If you're going second, if he's hit a bad shot, you know, get that ball right back and play on him. You know, if he's hit a driver in the rough or the trees are in a bad spot, maybe you don't hit driver. Maybe you stripe a two iron down the middle or a hybrid or something, and, and put a little more pressure on him by trying to put, you know, fairways and greens together. Fairways and greens together. Make him putt those, you know, three foot, you know. Pick up a couple here and there, but if it's a little bit tricky, make it make make sure you see it, um, and just try to stay in that match as long as you can. Because sometimes, you know, if you're the better player and you're expected to win, you might start pressing on yourself. If I, if I was in a match to you and it's 16 and we're tied, I'm going to be like, I can't lose to Kevin Sylvester, man. What's going on here? And then you start, you know, you start uh, acting appropriately. So just play your game, but you know, conservative uh, conservative tactic with a cocky swing. So pick out a nice target conservative target and make a nice aggressive confident swing and stick to your routine except for you know what shot you're going to play but stick to your pre-shot routine as much as possible and, and react to what he's doing or she's doing uh, and, and use that to your benefit yeah I, well thank you i think that's good advice uh my approach prior to your comments 
uh, was going to be, I was just going to play my game and focus on what I was doing and go for fairways and greens and not really pay attention uh, to how much further he's hitting the golf ball. Um, you know, uh, those things. I just figured I was going to pay attention uh, to my game and make him beat me, not beat myself. Right. Hit shot. You, can, you know, you can hit. And you know, what you're good at, try to find a way to play to your strength. Good and frankly, I, I, I'm not sure I'm outmatched. I just want, I just hope he's listening. I want him to think that. Oh, you're playing mind games with him already. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, tell him no talking on the first tee. No talking. If playing golf. I, either one of us, we're the eight, nine seeds. Either one of us, we advance, we play the number one seed. We will be outmatched. So, um, Never dude, know, if you're Kev. listening, this is advice we, either of us will use, which one of us advances today. Any given day, Kev, especially in match play. If it was a four-day tournament, yeah, you're probably going to get smoked. But in a match play event, you never know. We, we watched Tiger and Phil and, and Brady and Peyton play in a match play style event. Um, what do you think, Jeff, is really truly the right thing to do when in terms of conceding putts? Is, is there, does it determine upon the style of match you're playing in? Uh, or if, if it's one-on-one versus two-on-two, like is – are you more apt to give a putt if there's two cracks at it? If it's two on two, if it's one, if this one on one, is this what it's, it's your situation? I don't, um, it's not a partner event. It's a singles event. It's right? a single, it's, it's a, a single event. Yeah. So head yeah. to head, Brian, I, I'm not giving you any putt that's going to beat me. Um, unless it's, you know, a kick in and a oh. kick in, we're talking two feet. If it's a three footer, if it's going to beat me, I'm probably going to make you putt it. Um, if it's to have a hole um, and it's early on, or if I'm up, maybe, maybe I'll give it to you because I don't want to have you get confidence in those short putts, thinking that later on in the match, when it's really the pressure's on, I want you to think about that one. Well, it all depends, too, on if it's a downhiller, probably won't give it to you. Uphiller, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think all those variables come into play when you're giving putts. Also, who you're playing. You know, if they got a history of struggling with those short ones, yeah, I, I, I might be making a couple uh, couple sideways comments to him about his putting stroke on the putting green before the round or something. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, and to be honest, I also try to find a way, you know, even if you love the guy as your best bud, I find some kind of internal motivation why I really want to beat this dude. You know, whether it's he pissed me off with the parking spot the other day. Anything I could think of. Do the to, Michael uh, Jordan to, routine. Make up yeah. something to get you fired up. That's right. Yeah, I dig up that. <laughs> yeah, so I may not, we not be chit-chatting during the round, during the match play. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the, the other thing I, I'm anticipating, you know, you're talking about giving putts, Brian. I go into every match anticipating that I'm putting everything out. I don't anticipate that my opponent's going to give me anything. I'll take it if he gives it, but I, I don't think he can go and think, oh, you're not going to give that to me? Like, no, no, no. You, you need to expect to putt out, I think. To finish here, we, we enjoyed so much the record ratings of Tiger and Phil with Peyton and Brady being involved, the two quarterbacks. The rumor is, and Mickelson's camp has even said that they, he's on board with this, that next year's match, the match three, they want Jordan and Steph Curry to be the two players. They're going to grab the two basketball players. So I don't know if that's going to work out, but Curry is definitely the better golfer than Jordan, but I'd like to see Tiger and Jordan pair up. I think that'd be kind of fun. But it, it, if Jordan, um, yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, come on. 
But yeah. for Jordan to be involved, doesn't he have to – there's got to be betting on every hole, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> that, that would be fun to watch. That, that, would, that would be tune in for for sure. Don't you want him to lean over and say, hey, Steph, 20 grand says you don't put it inside at 20 feet. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, I do want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good stuff. I, Jordan, we know – you, you think Jordan equals ratings, Tiger equals ratings, put him on the same screen playing the same sport. That could be a, uh, a monster event, no doubt. 20 seconds each here. Most looking forward to seeing what this week as the PGA Tour returns to action. Kevin, we'll start with you. What are you most looking forward to seeing? Just them being back. Um, uh, being back to golf and the competition and that final round on Sunday, those final few holes at Colonial. It's uh, some great golf holes there, 16, 17, 18, uh, the par three, short par four, and then the, the 18th of the elevated green. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, same with me. I'm just looking forward to the competition. I want to see somebody grinding it out down the last few holes, trying to get a win against the, you know, I want to see a, a strong field up near the top there and, and the best players in the world just fighting for a win at Colonial. Um, good to see competitive golf back. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see McElroy. He's been very vocal throughout this time off period. He's the number one player in the world. He was playing as good as anybody when time left off. I want to see if he can keep it going. Brooke, Brooks Kepka, top three in the world. Is he healthy now? Can he get back going to last year? I'm really looking forward to seeing these top names and are they on their game ready to go? Anyway, so that'll be Thursday. So next week's show, we'll be talking about the PGA Tour being back in full capacity. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Thanks to everyone who listened this week. Thanks to Derek Kramer for producing. And for PGA Pro, Jeff Metis and Kevin Sylvester, I'm Brian Colesio. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next Saturday, Tee to Green, every week right here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.